It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, I'm the host and as it always is so cool to have so many of you out there listening. Thank you for tuning in week after week uh, and taking uh, taking inspiration and insight from here. I've been getting some lovely emails from you guys recently. Um so thank you for that. A big big thanks to Ben Young. Um he's been saying some lovely things about the podcast and is currently diving through them all working on some some clever strategies. So so thanks to all of you who are out there and all of you who feedback. Today, I've got some interesting stuff to share with you. Interesting stuff. This is a new section in the show where I bring you anything particularly interesting I found out about recently in the e-commerce world. Sometimes it's an event, it could be a white paper, a new supplier, or just something really cool I think you should know about. You can find all the interesting stuff I cover organized by episode at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. Easy to remember URL, that one. And there might not be interesting stuff in every episode. We're going to see how it goes. Now, a bit of a theme to this week's interesting stuff. I've got two interesting suppliers that I've recently come across, both of whom help you get your product to the customer. And both of whom work with retailers from the smallest to the largest, something I particularly like to share with you when I find people who do that, because I know that a lot of you running the smaller businesses can struggle to find great suppliers where the price points and order volumes work for you. So hopefully these might help some of you out. First off, I'd like to let you know about Pack Help. That's Pack Help, all one word. If you want your customers to talk about your business, your products, and the buying experience, then you have to give them great delivery experiences. It's got to arrive on time. It's got to be well packaged, etc. But if you want to wow them as well, that's what Pack Help can help you do. They create great looking boxes and packaging with lots of sustainable options for those of you who are looking for that. And it's going to make your unboxing experience, that's when the customer unboxes it, really stand out. That may seem silly, but it's so powerful. It's such an important thing that they enjoy that experience of receiving and opening up the product. They've got some great case studies of how this has helped different businesses on their website, including uh, one from past podcast guest Snake Hive, who are absolutely raving about the customer service at Pack Help and the precision packaging production. You try saying that fast three times precision packaging production. Um, even better than that, you have the ability to design and order online many of their products, and you can order in quantities as small as £30. So I know quite often in some of the forums I'm in on Facebook and that, there's a lot of people asking for packaging recommendations, especially in the subscription box space. So I do suggest you go and check out Pack Help to help you improve the delivery experience and get those repeat orders and those referrals. Now, secondly, once you've got that lovely box, um, you've got to put the product in it and send it out, haven't you? And if you're a regular listener, you will know that I'm a big fan of outsourcing tasks that you shouldn't be doing yourself. For most e-commerce retailers, that's picking, packing and dispatching your products. Why? Well, because for a small business, you should be spending your time doing something else. There are much more important things you could be doing that are going to help you grow your business other than putting a product in a box. And for all businesses, because there are firms out there who specialize in doing this really, really well and who get access to all kinds of economies of scale that you don't. Deals, better deals with couriers sometimes, um, lower rates because they've got people who are doing this day in, day out. They've got all the right equipment, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I'm always excited to come across a firm who do this really, really well and who are open and set up and ready to help small e-commerce operations to outsource because it can be a bit challenging if you're only doing a few orders a week, a few orders a month to find someone who can do a good job for you. Well, that's where Habu come in, um, H-U-B-O-O. Uh, they are based in Bristol in the UK and they have a FIFO rating kind of cool they've got that on the website, of 4.9 out of 5, I should say, from their customers. That's pretty awesome. I think all of us would like a 4.9 out of 5 rating. They cater to businesses of all sizes, um, and they've actually also put full pricing available on their website. So without having to talk to anyone, without having to give anyone your email address, you can go and see how that pricing is going to work for you. Having had a quick look at it myself, I think there's a good chance it may well be cheaper, especially for smaller businesses than what you're doing right now as in real money terms, not even taking your time into account. So that's Habu, H-U-B-O-O for pick and pack and dispatch and pack help, all one word, for your beautiful boxes. You can find links to both of those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash stuff. Right then, in today's episode, what are we talking about? Well, we're not talking about parcels and delivery at all. Well, barely. Um, We are talking about luxury product retail. We are talking about the challenges of kicking off e-commerce in a big way inside an existing successful family business. We are talking about influencers. My guest shares some fascinating points of view on influencers that I think some of you are going to shout hallelujah at the uh, whatever you're listening on as you do this at your Apple Watch or whatever it is. And we talk a bit about China, a bit about selling into the USA. God, we cover quite a lot in this one. Um, I think you're going to like it. Before we get into that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Klaviyo, the most recommended growth marketing platform on the market. Klaviyo helps more than 28,000 e-commerce brands globally to grow their businesses through high-value customer relationships. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalised marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. And the results speak for themselves. Klaviyo customers have made more than £2.8 billion in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Is Magento One's impending end of life making you miserable? Does the thought of an e-commerce migration fill you with fear? Leading e-commerce agency Swanky are here to help. Their team of migration experts know everything about replatforming to the boundary-busting e-commerce platform Shopify Plus. Whatever you sell, wherever you are in the world, Swanky are ready to make your journey from Magento to Shopify as smooth and stress-free as possible. Check out Swanky's free must-have migration bundle, complete with downloadable ebook, on-demand webinar, and real-life success stories. Just head to swankyagency.com forward slash Magento to Shopify. That's swankyagency.com forward slash Magento to Shopify. And now to introduce today's special guest. Freddie Sawkins is a director at Check and Speak and manages the e-commerce and international development. Check and Speak is an international luxury retail brand and family-run business. Launched in 1978, Freddie joined in 2017 to establish and grow the e-commerce business in the UK and around the world. They now turn over £2 million per year. Hello, Freddie. Hi, Clay. How's it going? It's good. How how are you today? Not too shabby. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, it's going to be a good interview then. Um, I've just given the listeners a really quick overview of you and Check and Speak, um, but how did you yourself get started off in e-commerce? Sure. Uh, so uh, I actually uh, started in the world of finance, um, in investment management initially, uh, and then found myself in uh, commodity broking um, in a very niche area of capital markets. Uh, did that for a couple of years. Uh, always knew that I wanted to do something a bit more scientific. Uh, I read biological sciences at uni. Uh, and then found myself working um, for a pharmaceutical company that specialized in consumer-facing products. Uh, worked my way up to become a product manager. Uh, and essentially, as a product manager, you project manage everything to do with your product. So that's all the way through from uh, manufacturing and, and development uh, through to the sales and marketing side. And I think within that, I had a natural affinity towards the marketing and sales side. And this is when you know, digital was really taking off. I had a, a colleague, a Norwegian colleague uh, called Pau, who really got me into digital and um, was able to explain things in a very clear, concise way and ended up hanging out with him a lot and then just uh, really grew fond of it. And around the same time, uh, check and speak or the, the, the fragrance and aromatic side was really taking off. And uh, I was always consulting um, with my dad and, and the company things they should be doing. And I think he eventually just got fed up and said, look, why don't you come on and do this? And just to go um, further back, as you say, the, the company was founded in 1978. Uh, it was originally just uh, the bathroom business that actually started because uh, my dad uh, was a designer and he was trying to source uh, some heritage or some Edwardian fittings for a project, but uh, couldn't find a way to produce them. So he actually contract manufactured them himself. And that's how Check and Speak started. Um, and once that business became established, uh, then the uh, the fragrance and grooming side, which was always his hobby, was uh, essentially the sideshow. Um, so then that grew and grew, and we launched our first fragrance in, I think it was 1981, uh, which was number 88, which was named after the studio, number 88 German Street. And then sort of since that date, we've now got 13 fragrances, or soon to be 13 fragrances. We're launching one uh, next month. Uh, we have uh, a range of shaving products, traditional uh, shaving items, uh, manicure sets, leather items for uh, the traveler. So it was around, as you say, 2017, uh, I really saw a gap, a way for us to uh, get our products to a wider audience um, because we didn't really have an e-commerce strategy. We, we barely had a website. It was very poor, admittedly. I thought it would be a really good opportunity for me to sink my teeth into a project there. Um, I was only actually going to be there for six months, but uh, a lot has changed. And we're now in, um, we sell in, I believe, 40 different countries. We're on, uh, we're in Harrods, uh, we sell Mr. Porter, um, and in key markets all over the world. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It sounds like it's been a bit of a whirlwind. One of the things I'm really glad you mentioned in that, because it's something which I've looked at your website and I've been like, 
I how why bathroom fittings, leather goods, and fragrance? It's quite a group of products to put together under one brand. I mean, clearly it's working for you, but so but but basically they're both there because they were your your father's two passions. Exactly, it's a really good question because I it is a bit of a tenuous link because whilst those products are in the same room, they have very different customers. So with the uh, the fitting side is more uh, trades, uh, architects, uh, designers, whereas the, um, uh, the fragrance and grooming side uh, is more tangible, is 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 more um, available to uh, the end customer. Gentleman's grooming has always been dad's passion. He used to make uh, rose water actually with his grandmother. And uh, he always wanted to bring out a fragrance to, I guess, dress the bathroom products. But then that business has taken off and, and the bathroom business has, has dwindled. We actually, um, uh, the bathroom business was always the big breadwinner. Um, you know, we had a, a much larger operation back then and, and licensed uh, the business to a big German conglomerate called Dornbracht. Unfortunately, the uh, factory burnt down and the credit crunch hit. Um, in sort of two years of each other. So that business has really struggled because that uh, requires very large MOQs and requires more scale and portfolio to pull off. But from the ashes, the fragrance business has, has really grown. And that's um, the horse we're, um, we're backing at the moment. Yeah, because there's two very different buying cycles, aren't they? So I guess it, it's quite nice to know that one of them's the focus because you know, the marketing you do to the architects, the designers and the trade is very different to how you expect someone to go about buying fragrance. You know, the methods, the tone, the, the calls to action are so different. So it must be nice to know that, you know, day to day, you're pretty much exclusively focusing on the grooming and the fragrance. Exactly. It's, it's you know, we wouldn't expect someone to go online or, or come into our store and be convinced to walk away with a towel rail that they hadn't considered before. So yes, no, that's that's completely true. <laughs> So, um, so what the website which which I, I mentioned earlier? What what did you, what have you got it built on? Are you a Shopify, a Magento, or something else? No, you know what? Uh, if I was building a website today, I would use Shopify. Um, it's actually on WordPress, uh, which I like. Uh, we have three different. Uh, we've actually got five different CMSs. So we've got three different backends for the UK. Uh, US and EU territories. So that just has slightly different content on each one and in the uh, relevant currency as well. Uh, and then we've got one challenge that we had initially was that, and I'm sure you know all about um, uh, this problem, is that Google didn't realize uh, we had uh, three different URLs initially. So we had check and speak fragrance, check and speak bathrooms, and then check and speak.com, which is essentially the landing page that distributed people uh, to the relevant area. Um, but Google didn't realize that we were the same business. So we were just cannibalizing each other on, on content. So then we migrated all of them to one domain. We have the, the check and speak aromatics and the check and speak bathroom side are two different trading companies. So it's really important that the payment gateways, for example, pay into the two respective areas. Uh, it was an accounting nightmare. <laughs> it was. I looked at everything to see if I could get like a, a, a bespoke plugin to uh, to have it. Because uh, at the moment, for example, you a customer can't come on and order, um, let's say, a narrowly soap and then a, a narrowly soap holder. Um, 
which, well, we've actually just made that an aromatics product, but just as, as an example, they couldn't have a bathroom product and an aromatics product in the same basket. But actually, you know, as time goes on, I, I don't think it really matters as much. But yeah, go, go, I, I digress. My, I really like Shopify. I think it's, it's very straightforward uh, to use. It's got a lot of very powerful native integrations like what they have with with facebook and instagram shopify payments um because at the moment we've got we've got stripe we've got paypal apple pay it is a bit of a nightmare especially when you've carried that over for two different businesses we also use shopify point of sale in store so everything could have been up under the same roof with that um but a really bit, a really useful bit of kit that we do have is uh, Trade Gecko. I don't know if you've ever come across that before. Hey, tell tell us more. Sure. So um, I think part of the problems that company have had, the companies have had, maybe sort of four or five years ago, is weaving all these different sales channels uh, and everything together um, without having to spend a ridiculous. Um, fee for a license uh, to one of the big ERP systems like uh, you know Oracle or um, I forget the other ones. <laughs> Oracle's the only one I seem to remember at the moment. <laughs> um, but uh, for us, the most important thing when I first joined Check and Speak, the brand is incredibly old-fashioned, but uh, the business had slipped into that routine. And we were using a very old version of Sage. So every time somebody ordered something online, they would have to then manually create an invoice in Sage. I remember those days. Uh, many businesses I've worked with had that same scenario and just just such, not obviously a, a massive waste of time, but also such a, um, a break on developing and marketing because, you know, it just causes problems. Oh, people like buying over the weekend. Yes, but we can't promote anything over the weekend because Jenny's not in to rekey the orders until Monday and things might go out of stock. It's like, really? That's what's driving our business decisions? That's what you came into. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> that is exactly what I came into. Um, we, I guess the first job that I had was to make sure that we trimmed down on online-only vendors, unless they were someone like Mr. Porter, who had a big trump card and uh, a big name behind it. Um, so you were, the brand was selling on a lot or wholesaling to a lot of other re online retailers when you came on board to kind of grow the e-commerce side? It, there was a handful, yes, exactly. And and Amazon was a problem. So uh, we then listed on Amazon ourselves um, and then went on the brand registry, and which is basically a way for you to knock on other people. Uh, so I did that and successfully kicked them off and starved their supply. Uh, and then simultaneously just built our own uh, e-commerce proposition. I think the nice thing about Check and Speak was that it wasn't like I had to pull out all the roots. I just had to plant the seeds, if that makes sense. Are you coming into something with, with great product um, that customers loved, great content, but just... But, but, I, but I do think, think it's right that you, you kind of clear the decks ready to make that move forward. You know, you have to have systems and things in place that are going to work before you start trying to grow it. Otherwise, you just constantly get tripped up by things, don't you? So, so spending that bit of time just 
cleaning things up makes perfect sense. Absolutely, because, you know, you've got to get your house tidy before you invite guests over. And um, that's that, such that, a better way of putting it than I just did. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, that came from, um, I think that came from uh, that chap, Powell, who I um, alluded to earlier. He had a really good way to understand, a bit of a tangent, but I will bring it back. Uh, a really good way to understand Google Analytics or analytics systems. He said, you know, imagine a house that has um, lots of doors and outside those doors have trays of paint. And Google Analytics is essentially that. The house is your website and um, the people, uh, the different door represents a different sales channel and or different marketing channel, I should say. Um, and it's a way for you to track how they enter the house and what they get up to when they're in the house. And I just thought that was a really nice way of putting it. It is a nice way of putting it. And um, so, uh, Freddie, we've just been talking about kind of what you did to get things moving when you when you first joined the business back in 2017. And I guess looking back, you know, coming into a family business and running essentially a startup within that business, I'm sure we've got um, we've got some listeners <laughs> facing the same challenges right now. Have you got, you know, you're what, three years in now. Looking back, is there anything you're really pleased you did or anything which you wish you'd, you had done sooner or differently? Uh, I think with me, I'm lucky that uh, my father saw the value of what I'm doing and I always had complete autonomy. The only thing that was tough was because it's a family business, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of capital. I couldn't do everything that I wanted. I think getting the systems right was so important. That fundamentally changed how the business worked. Getting It's not just, not just Trade Gecko, but Zero, for example, um, having invoices passively, automatically created the point of a sale was so important being able to fundamentally track because for, I guess, the four or the five years before, because of this manual entry, we couldn't scale and and you, you increase the chance of operational error and nobody could really trust the data that they had. So you can't make any top line business decision if you can't you know, trust the, the data that's in front of you. Um, so I think that's something that I did very well initially. I think one thing I could have done definitely is be more bullish. I think my forecasts were perhaps too conservative. And I genuinely believe that if they were stronger, then perhaps I would have achieved more. But at the same time, um, we've had to get a lot right before we're reaching this next phase. And as you know, growth isn't linear or typically isn't linear. And I think we're at that sort of initial lag phase and we're just now coming into this exponential area, which is very exciting. But I genuinely believe that if we didn't address those operational and system errors initially, then we might not uh, have got this opportunity. And the the exponential growth that's just coming along, what, what do you think's behind that? The thing is, Check and Speak is unique because the brand far surpasses the business. Um, you know, we, we've been uh, around for 40 years and have an incredible reputation thanks to um, my father and we've never compromised on business and um, I guess it's a, a criticism and also uh, a compliment but we're often referred to as one of the best kept secrets in London and I think that's the problem we were a secret and now we're starting to get our message out there and people are starting 
to respond to it. Um, and then that's uh, taking off and, and, uh, and, and combine that with, you know, the reskinning uh, of, the, of the website through many iterations um, has made things very easy uh, for people to come on and convert. So there's a lot, there's a lot of different things, but I think the most important was getting the story out there because it's a great story to tell. Yes, and it, it it's kind of almost like it's going to be exponential because you've you've started taking advantage of the of all that's gone before, if that makes sense. Started leveraging it all, and and you said about getting the story out there. So have you been busy with PR and and tactics like that to get people talking about Check and Speak? We've been lucky because we've been around for a while, and we we do get a lot of editorial. Um, we've had uh, PR agencies in the past. Um, I w- wasn't keen on a few of them, if I'm being honest. Um, but I think the most one of the projects that we're working on at the moment is a branded video. But I wanted to do something a bit different. I didn't want a lot of the videos that you see now are, are focus on the uh, chronology of a business and and um, you know, uh, you know, Frank Sorkin set up Check and Speak in 1978 and then he launched Ray in 1980. I wanted it to be a richer story and we're working with a, a really exciting, uh, exciting uh, a creative agency um, who's working on that at the moment. Um, but I think with, with press, that does have an effect. But, you know, with things like influencers and, and press, it's difficult to track because brand awareness by its nature is 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 tough. But yeah, I think uh, the stuff that we're doing now at the top of the sales funnel seems to be having a lot of impact. And on the, the influencer side of it, because it's such a um, traditional luxury, there's so much high value in the brand, do you find it tricky picking which influencers to work with? I, I'm, I'm imagining that you turn a lot down. I'll be honest, I hate influencers. I hate the market. <laughs> um, I don't believe that you should pay for a post. That's just me. I think if they're a real influencer, a genuine evangelist of your brand, then they should do it on a gift basis. I mean, some of our products are 450, 500 quid. I think that should suffice. Obviously, you know, I understand that you have less control, but from what I'm seeing now, the influencer market uh, market seems to be um, going away from your single brand ambassadors towards community, which works for us. So we do actually have a lot of great customers that are willing to take the product and willing to shout about it. Um, and yeah, I think they're a necessary evil and I think they work for, for a lot of brands. But if you've got a restricted budget, then I, I don't think it's for you personally. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting place, isn't it? It's one where you have to find the method that works for your business. And that could come in many, many shapes. And I think, you know, if you can do it with true brand evangelists, then it's always going to be more powerful than simply slinging cash at the problem. Um, but if you want to ramp up a business, I think there's a place for spending money. But it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one because, like you said earlier, it's, it's very hard to track and it's very time consuming, I think, too. It is. I think affiliates could work. Um, so, uh, the services offered by people like Rakuten, I think if you've got a proper campaign and strategy, that can work because you can track acquisitions. You can for influencers, but I don't know. I just think for us, um, if you're running a luxury business on a shoestring, you, you've got to do some outreach, but it's got to be with people who are willing to take the brand on as a gift. 
Um, again, you have more control if you pay for it, but I don't know, it just doesn't feel genuine to me. And, and uh, from what I can see, I, it looks like the influencer bubble is starting to burst. Interesting. Well, look, um, Freddie, before we head towards the top tips, I've got one last question for you, which is, what do you think is the most awesome thing going on at Check and Speak at the moment? What's coming up? Well, uh, we're working on uh, a few projects at the moment. I guess uh, the most exciting ones um, would be China and the USA, both very exciting and very different. Um, So China uh, has always been uh, an interesting area for us because of our products and the, and the way that we're positioned. Um, and uh, we are creating um, a, a, a bespoke platform to work on WeChat, uh, which is uh, one of China's uh, super apps, along with the uh, you're going. You're going full on for China if you're doing that, then, aren't you? That's well, yeah. I mean, you can't. You've got to be there for China, but um, but it's a big task. It is. I mean, China's just enormous. Uh, it's the e-commerce market is one and a half trillion, which is larger than the next nine, I believe. It's huge. There's a lot of money there, and they do love a British luxury brand. They do, and they love authenticity because there's a lot of knockoffs in China and. And it, that's essentially how the cross-border market started was a lot of brands. I mean, Burberry has, has done it so well, but they didn't always get it right. Um, for brands like us, which are small, but um, you know, have a small business, but we have a, a big brand, it works perfectly because to launch physically in China is very tough. The point of sale tax is incredibly expensive and it's very difficult to replicate your store experience. Um, so actually the cross-border market started because they figured out it was cheaper uh, to fly to Milan and the UK and buy Chanel bags or equivalent and and fly back than it is to buy them in the store. And because you now have the access to buy directly from the brand, it's a more authentic experience. And and with this uh, huge growth over the last 25 years that they've had, um, there's this, uh, uh, there's the emergence of this affluent, discerning middle class who like these uh, smaller, more authentic brands that gives them cachet over their friends. And we've been um, exploring this option for a very long time, but because our capital is limited, we couldn't do the things that we wanted, but we found a way to essentially do it. And through e-commerce, it's uh, not not as expensive as it could be, uh, but it's also not so time consuming, and you can you can get your products in front of the Chinese consumer quicker. But it's it, this particular uh, solution was a bit more technical, uh, so essentially we had to uh, build an intermediary in um, Magento, so a Chinese customer will see our content in the front end in WeChat where we have an account. And then uh, they will be passed to a Chinese microsite run on Magento V2, hosted on Chinese servers. And then when they order, that gets pulled through to Trade Gecko. So that allows us to sell directly into uh, the Chinese market. We're also trying to list on Tmall at the moment, which is, I guess you can compare it to 
Amazon, but they're frightening in size. I think Alibaba, uh, the big conglomerate that owns Tmall, is the 20th largest economy in the world, to give you an indication of how big it is. Uh, they did, I think they did $35 billion on Singles Day, which is their Black Friday equivalent. Um, we're trying to launch with that to uh, diversify and, and um, try and raise our awareness over there. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's all it's all going very well. And obviously, because of the coronavirus, we haven't been able to launch. Um, uh, we were trying to launch for Chinese New Year, but thought it would be a good idea to postpone. But actually, funnily enough, we uh, the reports that we're seeing is the e-commerce market has picked up because people are bored and isolated at home. So perhaps maybe we should have um, thought of doing that in the first place. But yeah, no, we're, we're very excited uh, about China and uh, with the US. Um, the US has always been our largest export market uh, ever since we started. And uh, we just launched a 3PL over there. Um, one thing about fragrance is it a nightmare to ship because of its hazardous goods profile. Um, a plane blew up about 20 years ago, and since then, freight companies have made a lot of money off surcharges, but that's another matter. Uh, and we um, have got uh, a warehouse out there so we can fulfill locally if somebody in Canada or in the whole of North America wants to order. It's from, done from there, and we're really building our direct-to-consumer business there. It also works for our uh, wholesale clients uh, like Mr. Porter and, and the smattering of independence that we have. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. How are the leading D2C brands growing their business? They're using Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by over 28,000 global innovative online brands. Klaviyo believes in supporting growth, which is why they won't tie you into lengthy contracts, hidden setup or support fees, or feature-based pricing. With a platform that is both powerful and easy to use, it's no surprise so many brands have switched to Klaviyo. Looking for one more compelling reason? Brands switching to Klaviyo see an average of 62 times ROI on their investment. Ready to learn more? Visit klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. With support for Magento One stores set to expire in June, are you looking for a new home for your e-commerce site? Well, start your digital transformation journey with leading Shopify Plus agency Swanky. Boasting years of migration experience and with countless successful replatforming projects under their belt, these e-commerce experts know everything there is to know about replatforming, including all the secrets to a smooth and stress-free transition. Check out Swanky's free must-have migration bundle, complete with downloadable ebook, on-demand webinar, and real-life success stories. Head to swankyagency.com forward slash magento to Shopify. That's swankyagency.com forward slash magento to Shopify. It's time for the top tips round. Freddie, okay, it's time for the top tips. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So are you ready for these? Ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Well, I have a 
terrible attention span, and um, especially for uh, some nonfiction books. Uh, but I do like uh, all of Seth Godin's work. Um, I the one that I always dip back into would be uh, Tools of Titans uh, from Tim Ferriss, which uh, is a collection of anecdotes from successful people. Uh, so you've got people in film, um, you've got uh, investors, people people successful in business, uh, sports personalities, and it just gives you their routines, their unique way of thinking. Um, and I, I, there's a lot of overlap with certain things, uh, like, I guess, um, uh, supplements, meditation, etc., and... Whilst that wouldn't directly affect a business, I think it gets the individual primed for what they're trying to achieve. Uh, so, yeah, that gets uh, two thumbs up from where I'm sitting. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, um, I am a big believer in diversification. So I like to uh, – I, I don't put all my eggs in one digital basket, um, so to speak. But I have to say that um, Google Shopping has been really effective for us. Um, we've been experimenting with uh, using the description of the product rather than its name. So, for example, because we're the brand, we don't have to say check and speak. We could say uh, luxury woody cologne. And that's actually helped our SEO, I believe, as well. Um, so now, uh, you know, luxury fragrance, luxury perfume, they're big terms, but um, we've been able to shoot ourselves in front of the big LMVH, Estee Lauder, Mr. Porter um, companies. Uh, so I think that's that's been really uh, effective for us. Um, Nice, a cheeky little uh, little SEO GSC tip there for you yeah. guys. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I don't think it's particularly original, but Slack is really useful. Um, Trello is good, but um, I think um, I think Slack. Cool. Okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, I think what I said before about uh, being more bullish with your forecast, it is uh, a mentality. I think uh, if I'd have set my heights higher, then I would have perhaps failed higher than if I was more conservative. Uh, I would also suggest really getting your numbers in order and really knowing the key figures in your business. One thing that really helped me was doing a true customer acquisition cost. So not just the one uh, derived from marketing, but the one uh, that uh, takes your bit, whole business into account. So a portion rent rates and, and other indirect costs that go with it. Um, so yeah, I think those two getting your, uh, really getting to, uh, a grip on your numbers and being bullish with your uh, sales targets. Um, I think that'll put you in good stead. 
Excellent. Freddie, you've shared an awful lot today. I really appreciate it. Um, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Uh, sure. Uh, so we are checkandspeak.com. Um, we are check A N D speak uh, on Instagram. And you know, uh, feel free to reach out to me if you've got any uh, questions uh, in relation to what I've just said. Um, my email is freddy.sorkins at checkandspeak.com. Awesome. Thank you, Freddy. It's been a very cool catching up with you and finding out about how you've been kind of revolutionizing and growing um, your luxury business. It's been awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chloe. Wow, there is a lot going on at Check and Speak. Um, very cool. I love how uh, how candid Freddie was there, sharing various stories of what what they're up to and what they've got planned for the future. And um, and I think that that China strategy seems to make complete sense to me. And it sounds like they've gone about it exactly the right way. So once they're able to launch it, oh, watch that space. Um, also thought thought his his points of view on you know making sure you've got the foundations right so you're ready to, for growth. I think that's one of the things when a business takes off and starts growing, you look and you go, gosh, I wish I'd done that when I had time. I wish I'd done that when I had time. And usually that's getting foundations in place so things move really smoothly. So a big tip there too. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips, links, and details of related episodes, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And please do um, do put us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. because I love to hear what you think of the show. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.